Welcome back for the episode three of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. I'm your host, Joe Galloway. I'm joined again by my co-host, Luigi Federico. Good evening, everyone. And a returning Ryan Nunn. Glad to be back. Collectively, we are the Dynasty Dreamers. We go to bed thinking about Dynasty. We dream about Dynasty. We wake up thinking about Dynasty. You get the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in addition to YouTube this week. On today's show, we'll be taking a look at one of Ryan's teams. We will discuss a couple of similar trades my two co-hosts made this past week. Also, we will have our second installment of What Are You Doing With? Let's get started by discussing the conference championship games, shall we? Gentlemen, we've got the uh, Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl next weekend. Uh, I would say that we had a couple of interesting games this past weekend, but we only really had one. Uh, real quick, one dynasty take from uh, each of us here on the, on the games this past weekend. Let's start with you, Luigi. So my takeaway from this past weekend is I do believe that a lot of people are going to consider Isaiah Pacheco as the biggest winner of the playoffs so far. He has looked really good. Uh, the Chiefs have finally started running the ball more over the last six weeks, and, and he's really been the beneficiary of that. Uh, with all that being said, I think the, the takeaway I'm trying to put forward is now is the perfect time to be trying to sell Isaiah Pacheco. Get anything you can out of him more than what you paid for him to start. I, I know he was probably going in like the third or fourth round of, of rookie drafts, and I am almost positive you could get uh, a second in the 2023 draft for him right now. And honestly, I'm slamming that because I don't think he'll continue this to start 2023. Yeah, it's pretty amazing whenever you get an adequate running back behind a line, what can happen, right? Well, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with Luigi here. Uh, I think you might even be able to actually get a late first for this guy by the time this is all said and done. And it's not so much that I don't uh, have faith in Pacheco, but you know the you know they're going to draft somebody this year. With, with with no draft capital, you cannot depend on this guy. He, he just has no no insulation whatsoever. Yeah, it, with no draft capital, and like Joe said, I do think that they could either draft somebody or this is a really strong free agency class as well. And I, if they don't bring somebody in, that would completely shock me more than if they did bring somebody in. Like you could see like a guy like Miles Sanders go there and like – he averages he's averages five yards a carry for his career. Like, can you imagine what he's going to do on offense with uh, Patrick Mahomes as QB? Yep, I agree. All right, Ron, what's your take? My take is kind of one of those things where I kind of got to eat my eat my words. Uh, Jalen Hurts is just elite. It doesn't matter who he's playing against, what he's doing. Like the guy just keeps improving as a thrower, and you have such a safe floor with that run running ability like he's easily a top five dynasty quarterback at this point and i don't even think it's a question we all have to or most of us have to kind of eat our words on uh jalen hurts i think most people had him much lower than what he's turned out to be and he is exactly my qb5 right now yeah he's my qb5 as well um i didn't necessarily have him being a top 10 quarterback but I really did have him as probably top 15 and and his running game is really where he thrives the most because he did look really good this weekend except for the fact that he only threw 120 passing yards and that was against an elite defense where he didn't really have to throw the ball most of the game as well I was gonna say to be fair like they they dominate that game from start to finish so they they were just trying to get out of there without having any injuries and just roll roll on I mean once you're uh, faced up against Josh Johnson as your uh, opposing quarterback, there's not a lot to be said there. Well, that that's kind of the thing with Hurts. I feel like that he's shown this year he can beat you with the legs, the arms. doesn't matter. Whatever the game script is, he's going to get his. Yeah, they had like 150 rushing yards, and and their their defense was just super stellar. Uh, their, uh, Jalen Hurts is tied to a young duo tandem in – uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, and he's also got uh, Dallas Goddard, and I'm sure they're going to bring in another running back or they're going to re-sign Miles Sanders. So I have I have a lot of faith in, in Jalen Hurts going forward. So I'll go last this time then. Uh, so mine's going to be a big 
no duh moment on the show, probably. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, why would anyone take Patrick Mahomes as anything other than their QB one in Dynasty for the like the next five years, five, six years? He turns 28 in September. He's the QB one this year with Travis Kelsey and nobody at wide receiver. He's been top five for the past three seasons and probably before that too, but only went back three seasons. Uh, I believe, and I think we all believe at this point, that he will have Rodgers, Breeze-type longevity. Uh, I wasn't going to say Brady because I don't know that anyone's got that, but um, he's going to be right there behind Brady in longevity as far as I'm concerned. Right. Thank God the guys. Wicked Witch is dead. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, not only do I think he'll have the longevity, but I think a lot of his peers, not all of them, because there's that Burrow guy that I think will have uh, quite a bit of longevity, a lot of his peers are not going to have that kind of longevity. He is, in my opinion, the safest player in any position for the next decade, and it's not even close. Somebody tell me that I'm wrong. I can't even argue it. Like, um, Mahomes, even at 70%, uh, last weekend was just absolutely elite. Like, you could tell, like, he was very much favoring that ankle. And, yes, it hindered his mobility a little bit, but he's just that damn good. Like, he's just that good. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for the he, he is He is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah, I'm waiting for Luigi to chime he, in with He's Josh the most Allen. talented quarterback to ever play the game. He's not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Let's he may be end up being the greatest. Maybe, not but at this point. As far it's as, not even close at this point yet. As far as statistics go, like it, you're right. It's not even close. It's Mahomes. No, uh, it's, it's not. If, if you if you want if you want to argue that uh Brady has won more Super Bowls, I'll give you that. He and if you want to call that the GOAT and more uh, MVPs and more career achievements up to this point, I mean, it's it's, Mahomes, it's not close as far as great. Mahomes has to now. play until he's 43 years old at his current pace to break the records that Brady has. Now, we're getting, we're getting off topic here, though, guys. We're not trying to compare Mahomes and Brady. Brady, obviously, as of yesterday, is completely irrelevant in Dynasty at this point. So, But he's um, still the GOAT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brady. So he's still the GOAT, but let's move on. If if we're talking about dynasty football, if we're talking about dynasty football, and you want to play, the safest player is yes Patrick Mahomes, but he is not that much ahead of players like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, who I think is the quarterback one. And Josh Allen's rushing ability gives him a much higher ceiling. So we can argue about it all day, and 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 I'm not going to pretend like there aren't times where I will take. Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen. That ceiling has not been proven that he has a higher ceiling than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has just as many QB1 years, QB1 overall years as Josh Allen and he's he's been way more consistent. So he's got all he's got all the safeness that comes with with and, and he's not taking all these unnecessary hits that Josh yeah. Allen is. I love Josh Allen. Josh Allen is like my favorite quarterback to watch. I just he reminds me of of Cam Newton in the fact that he just puts his body out there. But those hits are going to take, and a that's goal. that's a that's a big part of it. And I, and I even I said that is that the longevity. Even if Josh Allen's just as good as Patrick Mahomes for the next five, six, seven years, well, you've got three to four years of Patrick Mahomes after that. Whereas I don't believe you do with with Josh Allen, and that's the reason why I just can't understand personally why anyone would take Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes. Well, Joe, when I'm looking at fantasy football in general i'm not looking 10 years down the road that's 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 all that's all it is for me i i think over the next five six years maybe seven who knows maybe even 10 i i just i have josh allen scoring more points over the next 10 years seven years let's say than patrick mahomes and, and i'm not looking at those additional three years at this at this time maybe maybe five years down the road i'll be looking at an additional five years down. Well, the, the only reason why I am in this situation is because I believe that Patrick Mahomes has just as good of an opportunity to score just as many points as Allen does for six or seven years. So why not have the extra three? And, and that's fine. We'll see in two years or three years whenever Kelsey's no longer on the field, and we'll see. We'll see how high Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is. Yeah, I'm, I'd be more worried about Diggs leaving Buffalo than I would Kelsey leaving Mahomes. All right, we're going to move on to some discussion of tra live trades that happened last week for the first time on the show. 
Uh, last week, Luigi and I uh, looked at a roster from a listener, Greg, Greg Dene, and, uh, you know, he, he had a really strong win later team with a lot of draft picks, uh, really strong at the quarterback position. But, if you, Luigi, if you remember, the thing that we both kind of got the most excited about was the fact that he had the 101, and it opened us up to the conversation of what are some of the things that we can expect to get out of the 101 in trades this year. This this is a subject that fascinates me quite a bit. And lo and behold, just a couple of days after the show aired, the knucklehead to my left and the knucklehead to my right both made a 101 trade in different leagues. So let me set the stage for you here. A couple of days after the show aired, uh, let's say Tuesday of last week, uh, just for the sake of argument, uh, Ryan posted in our group chat uh, amongst our friends that we have that he had just traded the 101 for DK Metcalf and the 2024 first. This was in a league that Luigi, Ryan, and I are all three in. Uh, my initial thoughts on that trade was I don't think the value is terrible. Uh, I think the value is actually okay, but what I told Ryan was that I don't like the trade because I think that you could have held out and got more. We're, we're just, we're just sitting here at the the end of January, beginning of February. We have what three full months almost before the NFL draft even takes place. We're even going to know where B. John Robinson is. And I just thought that he, he kind of undersold him because I think, you know, middle of March, April in after the draft, goodness gracious, if he lines up somewhere like Buffalo for, for goodness sakes, or, Kansas City, like we talked about, like they're probably going to draft somebody at running back. Then uh, there's just no telling how much more that he could have got. And I, I feel like it kind of sold him. So, interestingly enough, the very next day, Luigi sends us something in group chat between me and him and Ryan saying that he had an offer on the table for the 101 and the 301, but who cares, right? For DK Metcalf a 2024 first, and Tua Tagovailoa. So my initial thought was, this is exactly what I thought was, C-Ron, this is why you wait. This is why you wait, because there's no telling what this 101 is going to be worth. And I'm going to trade shame. I guess I'm trade shaming both of them a little bit here. I've already kind of trade shamed Ryan a little bit for for moving ahead with that decision this early on. But I'm going to trade Shane Luigi a little bit too because uh, insider information, he wasn't sure what to do with this offer. And I kind of kind of talked him into it. Like that's a that's a windmill slam. Like I feel like he, he won that by like two first. Like how can you how can you not do that? Like you're getting a top 12 quarterback, uh a, a, a top 12 wide out and a first on top, like you're 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 getting top twelve guys, like you're getting guys who are second, third round startup guys, and like for for a guy who's never touched the field, and and, and what happens if that guy like ends up in a place like San Diego and he's been time shared with Austin Eckler, like you think he's you think he's gonna be that dang productive then? No. Yeah, I think I was just. Asking Joe, I think the reason I was questioning the, the trade and asking Joe was, could I get more out of it? Because of how much I do think there is the hype around Bijan Robinson right now and the amount that I have seen him be valued at in terms of already the RB1 in Dynasty without even touching the field. So, so I, I was just questioning, can I get more? And what Joe thought of the trade. I understand that point because I, I am always wanting to get as much as I as I can. And if I'm gonna tell the listeners just right now, if you're not doing that, you're not doing yourself a service. You should always try be trying to get as much as you can for people. It's up to it's up to the people accepting your trades to decide that it's not a good trade for them. Okay. I firmly believe that the only the only way I ever have an issue with a trade in one of my leagues is if I think collusion has taken place. Uh, the thing I will say about that, though, Luigi, is, man, I, I don't know what more you could want. But if, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, that's almost Justin Jefferson-type value. 
the trade that you got. I, I would probably take the Jefferson side just because I don't like moving off of top the number one young wide receiver in Dynasty, but this this young man is a running back who has never played a down in the National Football League, and he is already commanding, at least in some trades. We, we have the evidence right here. In, in some leagues, he's commanding the same value and respect as Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, most of the quarterbacks not named Mahomes, Allen, and maybe Burrow. Uh, that's the kind of value that you got in that trade, in my opinion, Luigi. And to me, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, I'm making that trade for Burrow. Like, I, that th- 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 those three assets, I'm making that trade for Burrow. Like, like Allen and Mahomes, it's real close. Like, it's closer than it should be. Like, this guy is a running back. So my thought process on the trade whenever I made it, like, my team is a win-later team. Uh, it's... It's a year, maybe two years away from being able to compete. Uh, Bijan is a great, great talent, but where there's just as many, where all there, there's all kinds of good landing spots, there's landing spots where he could be playing in a timeshare or maybe even behind somebody at least for the first part of the year. And his value is going to, to drop at some point if he is in that spot. Um, and I think DK Metcalf, I really was not high on DK when he originally came into the league, but every year he has impressed me more and more. This year he showed that he can be more of a volume type guy, and that was the one thing that I always questioned because he had never before this year he had never had over seven catches in a game, and he is he surpassed that several times this year. Um, and then also uh, where Bijan is a ascending assets, so is that 2024 first, and there's already a ton of buzz on that class. Again, nobody's uh, – I know that I'm not attacking the, the pieces that you got in that trade. It has nothing to do with that. I'm fine with DK. I'm fine with the 2024 first. My point is is that you undersold yourself because of timing. We're, we're just now into the beginning part of February. You could have made that trade – on the while that pick was on the clock, I have no doubt about it. You could have made that trade not any worse than that, and probably a whole lot better. I feel like what happened was in that particular instance is there wasn't there hasn't been a lot going on in Dynasty. People were talking trade, and I think that you got caught in that trap. That's what I think. You also have to consider the fact that uh, trades are league dependent. That league is a group of really good guys. Like everybody in that league is very trade savvy. So like I had shopped it around in a lot of different ways and that was honestly the best offer that I got. But you're shopping around in, in early February and, and the league is trade savvy. I a hundred percent agree with that, but you also have a lot of guys in that league. And we know that because we're two of the four teams that went, win later. You have a lot of teams in that league that are willing to give up the farm to win next season. It's a strategy that is very prominent in that league. And I believe that the more and more that hype kept going in that kept going for Bijan, you would have eventually got a better trade than that. To, uh, but to be fair, like if you look at a lot of the win now teams in that league, like they're kind of devoid of young talent because that's kind of the strategy they went. So they didn't really have the assets that, so you're probably cutting out three to four, maybe five teams uh, that are not even legitimate trade partners because they don't have the assets that you're looking for to, to build. Yeah, I feel like I'm probably the youngest win-now team in that league with the way that I, I built the team, and I don't even think I would have put together enough assets to uh, combine to get Bijan in that league. Like I actually looked, I actually looked at your team to try to get a, get a trade. And I just wasn't one there. That doesn't make any sense to me, Luigi, because if you're telling me that you couldn't have matched what he gave up for B John, but then you had questions on whether or not to accept it in that league, that makes no sense. I I could have matched what, what he had in the league to, to get the one one However, I would have been taking away from, starting positions of my team and I didn't think my team had enough depth to be able to do it but I also thought that Bijan was worth more than that at the same and time I may be dead wrong about this but just run just the guy that you ended up making the trade with he obviously wanted Bijan badly enough to be negotiating with you in early February about him you would have gotten more from that guy just that guy I believe you would have got more from him 
whenever, if you had to wait until late March, early April, we're going to move on from this for the sake of time, because I think it's fairly safe to say the three of us could talk about this trade for about three hours. Uh, but this does fascinate us. Please let us know what kind of 101 trades everyone's seeing out there. We're going to continue to monitor this all the way up to the rookie draft season, probably. This is this is not going to be the last time we talk about trading this 101. Yeah, who knows? Even in that league, I may trade back for the 101. We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't think that guy's sitting at 101, but <laughs> I think the ship sailed there. Yeah, that's just unreal, the amount of value you got there. Let's move on, guys. So last week, uh, Luigi and I kicked off a new segment on the show. Uh, we kind of enjoyed our conversation about Saquon Barkley, so we're going to uh, we're going to give that a try this week with the three of us. So with that being said, on the first week of February 2023, Ryan Nunn, what are you doing with T Higgins? Well, first off, I have 18 leagues. And uh, I have zero shares of T. Higgins. Um, never really been much of a T. Higgins guy in fantasy. I don't like putting that kind of uh, capital in a guy that's a number two on his team. Uh, T. Higgins, if he was somewhere else where he could be the legitimate number one, I, I do think he is a legitimate number one in the league. But I think his ceiling is capped because Jamar Chase is just a special talent. And Burrow has such a tremendous chemistry with him. So he's always going to be looking for Chase first. So I'll go next. I I, I also have zero shells of T. Higgins. I Maybe this was a bad choice. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, my thought process on this, I'm going to mirror a lot of things that Ryan just said, unfortunately. But I am absolutely trading T. Higgins if I have him right now. Uh, he's been impressive his first three seasons. He's averaged 15.5 games each year, 72 catches, 1,010 yards, and six and a half touchdowns in his first three seasons in the NFL. Uh, he is currently being valued in the neighborhood of the wide receiver seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that, that range. But here's the bad. Here's the things that make me ready to sell T. Higgins and get as much for him as I can at this point in time. He's set to become a free agent after 2023. He could be franchised, of course. So maybe he has two more years with the Bengals. Who knows? Probably. I would, I would say they're probably going to franchise him. But can, can either one of you guys see the Bengals re-signing T. Higgins whenever they're going to have Chase coming up a year or two later? Uh, you know, they're going to have to pay Burrow again eventually. Uh, I think they already did pay Burrow, actually, didn't they? No, no, they, they, didn't. they, they have not. Played. I haven't played Tate Burrow. Like they have, Higgins comes up before Burrow. Yeah. So there like, you go. Like it, it, it goes, it goes um, Higgins and then Burrow and then Chase the next year. Like, so I'm also not sold on him as that he can be a wide receiver one for another team. Maybe he can, but at at wide receiver as a wide receiver one, and specifically on the on, towards the up, upper half of that wide receiver one at seven which is kind of where he's being uh, valued right now. I don't want to take a chance that two years from now, he's not going to drop to the late teens, early twenties. I just think it's time to sell high on T Higgins. If you can. The only thing that I would worry about also is even if he does go to another team in all likelihood, he's not going to probably go to a team with a good quarterback because those teams generally um, don't have don't have the money to go out and spend for that big wide receiver name because they're having to pay for that quarterback. Yeah, funnily enough, I also have no shares of T. Higgins. Uh, I did, I know, at the beginning of 2022 have shares, and I sold him because of how highly he was being valued. Like Joe said, a lot of people have him in their top 10, top 8 wide receivers. I have him at wide receiver 13. Uh, and I think if I can get wide receiver seven value, as I'm saying to the listeners, then I would be selling him because like Joe and Ryan have stated, he's going to go from a team that has a top two or three or five quarterback, whatever you want to rate Burrow at. He's going to drop down with quarterback play. And some of you may think, well, that may be better because maybe the team is going to be throwing a lot more 
and Higgins is going to be receiving a lot more targets. While I agree that that is a possibility, that's not something I would be willing to bet on. Yeah, give me a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, like any of those guys. Half the guys you said are actually ahead of him, but well, sure. They're right there in that spot. Like, give me Michael they're Pittman. They're in the same tier. They're all in the oh, same tier. Oh, you went give, too far. No, I didn't. You give went, me Michael Pittman. You went too far. Because Michael Pittman has had such poor quarterback play already. His quarterback play can only go what, up what now. Are, what are people's fanboy of that guy? That guy is the most overrated wide receiver in all of Michael guys. Pittman? Yes, he is Garbo. I don't know if he's Garbo, but I, I would I, I certainly would take T. Higgins over him right now. My pro – I don't necessarily agree with you, Ron, that T. Higgins won't end up somewhere with a good quarterback. I think it's actually more likely that he will. And just look at the guys who left this year and went in free agency to uh, from the wide receiver position. We had Brown that went to Jalen Hurts. We had Brown didn't go in free agency. Brown was a trade. He had to sign a deal, though. He was basically a free agent that had to be traded for. Yeah, he, 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 even that elite guy like Allen Robinson, right? Like I got, I got, I got. He's a stud. Well, well, I don't understand what you mean. Like he went, he went to go play with Stafford. Well, I, I'm just okay, but but I, I, I'm just I'm, had, busted, I'm busted. Everybody, you had Tyree, Tyree, all, all so excited to see that uh, Allen Robinson was going. Tyree to Hill went to to to. Uh, I mean, via trade, via and sign, basically a free agent. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, and. And, and, and you're one. You're one of the biggest Tua haters ever. Like, well, you, you're like uh, Tua. Tua is made by his wideouts. He's not actually a good quarterback. So, well, Tua Tua is made by his wideouts, in my opinion. But but he still has NFL talent. Obviously, it's not like he. It's not like uh, T. Higgins or sorry Tyreek Hill went to play with uh, I don't know Mac Jones, for example. He easy, went to, Joe. He easy. went. He went to play with somebody easy. with some credibility. So I guess not. The point I'm going to get back to before I'm so rudely interrupted was that I don't really buy the quarterback spiel that, that Ryan was putting out there. But what I what I do believe is that T. Higgins has not proven in this league that he can be a wide receiver one. A lot of his play, in my opinion, comes off of playing off of J- Jamar Chase, like like was mentioned earlier, I believe, by you, Ryan. And uh, I don't I'm not saying that that T. Higgins would be as miserable of a failure as a wide receiver one as Juju Smith-Schuster has. But I think that you could see a similar type situation where Juju was – that where T. Higgins' best years of his career were absolutely be, as the second guy behind Jamar Chase instead of the number one wide receiver somewhere else. But to be fair, he was also very productive his rookie season as well. So I think the basis of all three of our uh, analysis with T. Higgins is if you can get that – wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight value out of him, 100% be selling. If somebody offers you somewhere around a wide receiver 15, wide receiver 16, that's probably where he's going to end up anyway. So you could get a top 10 season out of him with Burrow and then settle for his wide receiver 15. The last thing I'm going to say on this topic, and then we're going to end it is, is that we are collectively the Dynasty Dreamers, and we dream about Dynasty football when we sleep. We think about it, and, and you know, you've heard this feel. But apparently, T. Higgins is not one of the people that we're dreaming about. We may dream about him, but it's more of a nightmare than a fantasy. <laughs> we only uh, dream about him when we're dreaming about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and we're thinking, eh, that guy's uh, the, the third part of that picture. Ron, let's, uh, let's take a look at this team that you've presented us with this week. Okay, so this, this league type is a 12-team Superflex 2.0 tight end premium. Uh, starting requirements are one QB, two running backs, three wideouts, one tight end, one Superflex, two flex, 10 total. Uh, 2022 finish was a 9-5 and five with fifth-place finish. Scoring was ninth, and potential points was seventh. The draft capital on this team is the 108, the 208, the 308, and all of its 2024 picks. Uh, notable players on the team at QB has Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matt Jones, and Carson Wentz. At running back, it has Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, James Cook, and Antonio Gibson. At wideout, it has Christian Watson, George Pickens, Gabriel Davis, Alec Pierce, uh, Cortland Sutton, and Michael Gallup. At tight end, it has Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, and Zach Ertz. Okay, first off, we'll start off in the QB position. 
this is clearly a strength of this roster. Lawrence is a budding star, and Dak at QB gives a great stability. This is a typical roster for 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 me as I value the position highly. Um, Mac Jones gives you a solid third option, even though I think his upside is uh, capped. Wentz could find a starting job as possibly a bridge quarterback somewhere, but who knows with that guy. Okay, next is the running back position. Uh, the headline of this position is Kenneth Walker by a long shot. As my RB3, he is the perfect mixture of production and use. I am a J.K. Dobbins uh, truther and love his talent. Hopefully he can put the entries in the past and show the upside I strongly feel that he has. Uh, James Cook started to show flashes of his potential towards the end of the season. Um, Miles Sanders is a free agent at the end of the year and will likely probably not be back with Philly in my, in my estimation because of just the fact that they have enough draft picks that they can uh, go out and draft a running back and not have to spend on the running back position. I think with Sanders, it's going to come down to what he'll actually sign for. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, with with the depth, like there's – 10 to 15 running backs that I think can come in and make an immediate impact in the NFL this year out of this rookie class. And I just don't see them spending that money when they have stars at all the other spots. Uh, and then Gibson has shown talent. And with with a, a new offensive coordinator, he could uh, carve a bigger role again at this point. Like, you don't know what that offensive coordinator is going to come in and do and how, how he's going to run things. But Gibson has a skill set that in the right uh, system could uh, show dividends over Brian Robinson. So next we'll go with the wide receivers. The wide wide receiver core of this roster has a ton of young, unproven talent. Guys like Watson, Pickens, and Davis are are valued highly in the dynasty community without much production to show for it. Uh, To me, they all three are very boom-bust. Pierce, showed flashes at times and could be poised for for a break, breakout depending on if he has a, a QB. Gallup and Sutton are solid guys, but are not sexy. They're not sexy guys. Uh, one thing I'll say about Sutton is, is with, with Sean Payton coming over, I think that maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think Wilson, Judy, and, and Sutton are going to eat next year, or at least – they're going to start nibbling much more than more, much more than they did last year. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you say he's not sexy, but I think the addition of Sean Payton kind of makes him at least intriguing at the very least. Oh yeah, I definitely think he's intriguing. Like I'm a Cortland Sutton guy. Like I really like Cortland Sutton, <clears throat> but what I think is possibly like I think Judy may end up with the bigger ro- role here because Sean Payton tends to make. Uh, more slot guys be be more productive, like a guy like Michael Thomas. Like Michael Thomas played out of the slot and flourished in in Peyton's offense. I, I think that that is highly possible, but I could also see a scenario where Sutton is your most productive wideout next season on this team. I could definitely see well, that. The one thing we all can agree on is I think the offense is going to be much more consistent and. Uh, moving the ball, which means upside for all of these guys. Agreed. I, I think you're downplaying that Sean Payton knows how to get the most out of his quarterback, and I think Russell Wilson likes throwing the ball down the field more than Drew Brees did. So I think Sutton is going to get those targets more than he would have if it was a Drew Brees-led, Sean Payton-led That's offense. Good, good point. Let's hear about the tight ends, Ryan. Okay, so looking at the tight end position, this roster is very solid at the tight end position. Having Pitts and Ingram is a nice luxury to have. Fant has great talent but has yet to turn it into production on the field. Uh, Also, uh, Zach Ertz, when when healthy, seemed to have great chemistry with Kyler Murray. If he can come back healthy, like, you could see some nice production from that guy. Well, the problem isn't necessarily if he comes back healthy. The problem is, is Kyler Murray going to miss a half a season, like they're saying that he might not at this point. Yeah, I heard a rumor that um, Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray played a lot of Call of Duty, so that's probably where the connection comes into play. 
Oh, okay, Ron. So what are you poor, doing? Poor, poor Kyler. Like everybody, like passes him. Like, like all these guys don't sit in front of Madden and stuff for hours. Oh, well, I'm at prob- least they're playing a football video game. I, I'm probably a bigger Kyler Murray fan than you two are. I just uh, like messing. I doubt with that. You know, you you uh, joke and definitely attest that I'm a Kyler Kyler Murray fanboy. So, what, Ron? What are we What are we doing with this team? Let Let us know. What What are your plans? So I went with a win-now approach with this roster. Uh, the QB position has great uh, upside talent and uh, depth, so there's not a lot to say here. Like, I'm just leaving right where I'm at and going on in into the season happy with what I have. Okay, looking at the running back position, I feel like the running backs on this roster with maybe one addition could be good enough to compete for a title. Many of the older backs, like, uh, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook continue to lose value. Adding one of them on top of, of of what's already on the roster could definitely compete. I would probably try to trade uh, a, like the one away for maybe a guy like Nick Chubb or Najee Harris. At, at at this point, I feel I feel would feel good about my running backs going into the season. Yeah, I, I think you could get somebody like Nick Chubb for the one right or Dalvin Cook if that's the, the direction you wanted to go. I, I think that's a very solid. Uh, I, I think Cook potential. And Kamara, I think Cook and Kamara, like looking looking at the way people feel about those guys, I'm not sure you have to pay the one away. Like I feel like you're overpaying. Definitely don't think you have to pay the one away for Kamara. Maybe the other guys, but but Kamara might go for an early second at this point. I don't know. I, and I think I would start there as opposed to trading the one away because at the one away you could get. Somebody that can help you compete this year. But as well. He only has the two hundred eight though. So yeah, but he could also he could do the two hundred eight and and his twenty twenty four second or maybe even his twenty twenty four first for well, like I'm looking for like the stability of a guy like Najee Harris or Chubb. That's that's kind of where I want to go with this roster. Like it has the upside guys and guys like James Cook. Interestingly, but, he said stability with Najee Harris whenever I don't believe he actually thinks that. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I actually think he's a, got a safe floor just because they're going to beat the guy on the ground. I don't necessarily think he's a very talented running back, but he gets the touches in that offense, so you can't deny that he's probably going to be a low RB1 because because of touches alone. Okay. So, and this team needs that floor. So next we're going to look at the wide receiver position. With my win-now approach, I'm looking to cash out on Davis, Watson, and Pickens for guys with similar value. These guys just have not proven it in the league, and I'm looking for more stability at my wide receiver position. I, I just want to argue they have proven it. Just It's not as consistent as you want in a, an small, extreme, small sample size. Yeah, it's it's an a, extreme it, win-now like, approach. Like, all, like, Davis, to me – kind of has already shown that he's such a boom-bust guy that you can't depend putting him in your roster every week. He's an elite best ball player. Yes, but he is he is 40 or 4. Like, there's nothing in between. He's healthy Will Fuller is what he is. No, Will Fuller was much more consistent than him. Okay. I, I think Will Fuller was was 35 or, or 7. <laughs> yeah. Give, give that man his drugs again so he can play. So – I would be more looking to lateral into guys with similar similar uh, value, guys like D- DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, and Jerry Judy. Um, Davis, I would look to try to trade him in for guys like Hollywood Brown, Amari uh, Cooper, Mike Williams, just to name a few. Those guys are all worth more than Davis. That's the only problem with that. The Dynasty community rankings disagree with you on that, Joe. Uh, all three of those guys are actually worth less than Davis. I, I feel like I need need to make some more more of these type moves to add safer floors to this roster. Also, moving moving into the tight ends, I traded Kyle Pitts for T.J. Hawkinson and Keenan Allen, which solidifies my wide receiver depth. And also, it doesn't make me go so old at tight end. Like I love T.J. Hawkinson. And he did nothing but impress once he moved to Minnesota. I am so high on that guy. I look to try to pick up as many shares of that guy in startups as I can this offseason. And then you have the depth of a guy like Evan Ingram who's shown and started to grow. If he can stay in Jacksonville and grow with uh, Trevor Lawrence, that guy could be a very 
very good, solid player for you as well. Guys like Fant and Zach Ertz, they're they're filler guys, but uh, in all reality, I'm not looking to get a lot of production out of those guys. I'm just hoping for possibly one of them to give me a pleasant surprise. With the moves I make made with this roster, I really feel like I can compete at this point. Uh, it really, I've, I've done a really uh, good job, I think, of trying to move a lot of the volatile type players, the boom bust, the guys who could fall on their face off the roster and solidify more stability. My finished product is Trevor Lawrence and Dak Prescott at quarterback, uh, Kenneth Walker and Najee Harris at running back, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, and Debo Samuel at uh, wide receiver, TJ Hawkinson at tight end, uh, Keenan Allen and J.K. Dobbins at the flex. And then looking at the bench, you have Matt Jones, Carson Wentz, James Cook, Antonio Gibson, uh, Miles Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, Alec Pierce, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, and Zach Ertz. So not only do you have a very solid starting lineup, but you can withstand injuries throughout the year. So whenever I first looked at, you, at Ryan's roster, my first inclination was to go win now. So then with kind of what Ryan did to a point, and, and this roster does look much more ready to win than it did before before he uh, made all the trades that he's going to make or try to make. Uh, the one small criticism I would have of it is I, I, I kind of feel like at the wide receiver position especially, you kind of turned it turned young question mark uh, guys, young guys with question marks into just older guys with question marks. There's still not a, not a wide receiver on this team that I think is established right now. There's questions with Debo because of the quarterback position. There's questions with DJ Moore because of the quarterback position. Uh, Keenan Allen's probably the safest guy that you have on here as long as he stays healthy. Uh, I just I don't feel like there's an incredible amount of difference between some of these guys and some of the guys that you traded away. I think that their question marks are probably just different question marks. Okay, so looking at a guy like DJ Moore, he has been quarterback proof in his career, minus Baker Mayfield. But there's no guarantee that they're going to get anyone better than Baker Mayfield. I, I hope that they do, but there's, like, there's no guarantee of that. I mean, Sam Darnold made him a, a viable fantasy option. So, surely to goodness, we're not going through another season of well, – we may hate to see it this way, Ryan, but even though DJ Moore has been extremely productive before this year for, for our team, he's been over 1,200 yards three years in a row. He's never been a high-end fantasy quarterback, or wide receiver, excuse me, because of the quarterbacks. He's never had touchdown upside. And honestly, until we see until we see somebody come over, he's, he's, he's not. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that even – Two years ago, when he had 1,200 yards, he still didn't even crack the top 15. And that's that's the that's the problem with a guy like DJ Moore. I mean, but he's still he he's still going to give you mid mid wide receiver two um, with with uh, with upside. Like if he gets a quarterback, like and he gets those touchdowns. Like if he ever gets a year where he gets those touchdowns, then you're look you're looking at a a, a, a like a the one. Like the uh, eighth wide receiver instead of the fifteenth. Sure, but you could also, if he doesn't get a, a decent enough quarterback this year, you could be looking at wide receiver thirty or whatever he was this year. He's going to demand enough volume in that offense because he's just strictly the best offensive talent that they have. Like you're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna deny getting that guy the ball. Like unless they go out and get somebody amazing in the draft and that guy takes over for him, it's not. It's not going to happen. You could say the same thing about someone like Christian Watson, who also has shown that he has the capability of, of catching touchdowns. He's clearly the most viable yeah. offensive player in that offense. That's the Without, only thing that, that's the only thing that he's done though is catch touchdowns. Like he, he hasn't he, done anything else. He's, like, it's he, been he, one he, year. He, he, he does. He doesn't run a good route. Like rookie, rookie wide receivers aren't very well known. There, there's not that many that can come into the league and, and command an offense the way Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase did. I don't think Christian Watson's on that same level, but I do think your your point of DJ Moore being clearly the most 
talented offensive player, you could say the same thing about Christian Watson, who has proven that I, he has. I think Aaron Jones and um, I think Aaron Jones is, is more talented. I, I think uh, I don't dislike um, the moves that he made. I think Watson and Pickens are similar value to guys like DJ and Debo. Debo's probably a little bit ahead of the rest of this group. But I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if I didn't if I didn't say it well earlier, is I feel like these guys are all in that same cluster, and and they all have these question marks. And why not just stick with the younger guys with question marks? Um, all of these guys, other than Debo, are still very young. The other two guys, Deontay and uh, DJ, are both very young, and they have proven that they can play in the league at a long period of time, in, in a long extended period of time, where guys like Got like I was like Watson and Pickens. Also, like not all like DJ Moore has proven that he can play in the league, but he has not proven that he can be a successful fantasy player. He has really never done that. Uh, he, uh, we he, know he, that he, because he, we're we're Panthers fans. We know uh, that. He was wide he was the wide receiver six before he missed the last three games of the concussion in 2019. Um then like he 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 was on pace he was on pace like he right at the so was it Christian Watson like wide receiver two or three for like eight games this year that yeah. was the difference <laughs> no I said for the year he was wide receiver until until he got until he missed the last two games with a concussion I think to touch on Ryan's point what he's saying about DJ Moore uh, not catching touchdowns is they've had two guys that are just monsters in the red zone for most of uh, DJ Moore's career. Not necessarily at the same time, but you have Cam Newton who basically could just run over everybody who came in front of him. And you've had Christian McCaffrey who everybody knows how good he is anywhere on the field, but especially in the red zone. So what Ryan's hoping for with DJ Moore is to have the Panthers either draft a quarterback at 108 or get a quarterback in free agency. Other than the wideouts, I, I, I kind of like the, the rest of the moves that Ryan's made with this team. I, I love getting securing Najee Harris as your running back, too. I'm much higher on him than, than most people are this offseason. Uh, he's got some, some good depth at the position as well. Surely Dobbins, between Dobbins and, and Sanders and James Cook and Gibson, one of, one of those guys can slot in his last flex spot. He also has Sutton and Gallup and Pierce available on his bench. So, Ron, after you've made these moves, uh, with keeping in mind that you were nine and five last year, and uh, you did lose in the first round of the playoffs, so you finished in fifth place basically. But I think you had the third or fourth seed, if I remember correctly, in the playoffs. Do you think with the moves you made that this team should be a better win now team than it was last year? Yes, I kind of feel like I got into the playoffs last year with smoke and mirrors. My uh, points scored were was actually very low in the ninth. Yeah, and uh, I just happened to hit matchups just right. And this team was not anticipated to make the playoffs last year. Like I really wasn't counting on them to make the playoffs last year. And I and I kind of snuck in and was hoping to make some noise, but it didn't happen. But I do think that this team is better than the team that you started with at the beginning of this exercise, but I, I will, something I discovered when I was researching this team that I, and I don't particularly think that this got better. Uh, you were actually dead last in the league in efficiency last year, uh, five points behind the next lowest person in scoring efficiency, which generally to me, leads me to believe that you have a problem with having too much depth. And I think that that's what I'm seeing on this roster well, as well. Also, what I'm looking at is what I saw was, is I had too many boom bust guys like Gabe Davis, where they give you 40 points or four, like, and I'm wanting to get more consistent uh, play to where I'm balancing that out. And I feel like these guys, even though they may not have the tremendous upside as some of the guys like Watson and Pickens and Davis, but I think they have safer floors, and uh, with, with I would guy, agree with that. And with, with the other positions, I feel like having safe floor at the wideout position is kind of what this team needs. Okay, so uh, that's that's kind of my final thoughts on what Ron did. Do you have anything else to add, Luigi, or do we want to move on to what we did? No, I, I'm pretty satisfied with where Ryan goes uh, on an extreme win now team. 
Whenever I first looked at Ryan's roster a couple of days ago, uh, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna be honest with you. This team had me stumped. Uh, there's the quarterbacks are great, obviously. Walker should be a rocket running back one. After that, there's just a lot of low floor, high ceiling guys. So Ryan, the way Ryan decided to tackle this, obviously, was to trade those guys and try to get guys who are maybe not as as sexy, but are uh, you know maybe a little bit more reliable, which is is valid. Uh, th- this roster had because of all this, this roster had such a wide range of possible outcomes for next season. So it took me a bit to decide which way I just was going to go with this, but uh, I ended up classifying this team in my system as a win later question mark team. I decided to take most of the roster into the season uh, and just see what happens in the first four to six weeks. That's usually what I do with one of those teams I put in that classification. I want some, I want that first four to six weeks to give me some clarity on, on, on where my players are at. Um, definitely would hold on to Lawrence Dyke and Walker. Like I said, I'm actually, uh, you know, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this for the second time in uh, the first three episodes of this show, considering that I have him as my tight end one and I love this guy, but I actually thought that you should trade Kyle Pitts as well. I went a little bit different route, uh, kind of almost the exact same route as I did with my team a couple of weeks ago. I would be trying to swap Pitts for uh, Lamb in the second or A.J. Brown or Pitts for Amon Ra or Pitts for Waddle or Pitts for Garrett Wilson plus or Pitts for Alave plus or Pitts for Metcalf plus. I think this team needs a, some stability at wide receiver. And while I, I like some of the guys that, that Ryan got as wide receiver twos and threes, I don't think any of them are, 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 are what I, where I want to be at wide receiver one. So I really think that I would use him as a – Pitts as a chip to get one of those young studs. Uh, if the offer is right, I would even be could be persuaded to go Pitts for a veteran wide receiver plus like – Hill plus, Cup plus, Adams plus, Diggs plus, something something in that area. I mean, isn't that kind of similar even with my thing that I did? I went with TJ Hawkinson plus and Keenan Allen. Well, I want the stability at wideout. You went with you, – you decided to move down into another stud at, at the wide receiver position. I think your, your tight ends are actually good enough after pits to, 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 to make you viable. I think Ingram – as long as he resigns with Jacksonville, which we expect, right? Right. I think he is easily a, a good enough tight end one for this team. I would just rather have the. With that being said, and also I have, I believe Fan is going to ascend, continue to ascend. Uh, I think, I think that the second year in Seattle, he will, he will be much better. And Ertz, who knows? Who knows if you'll get much out of that? But you also have you're in that 108 spot, which could be that sweep spot for uh, for Michael Mayer as well. My, my biggest problem with Fant is the fact that he doesn't block well, and a lot of times they're going to have Will Disley on the field because they're a run-first team. That's just a He's just your tight end, too, so who cares? He's your backup. <laughs> Ingram's the guy. I guess maybe I'm putting a lot more faith in a guy like Ingram than I normally would. And, and, and that's coming from that's, that's that's a lot coming from you because you have been kind of not an Ingram guy for a long time. Well, I mean – you know, he, he proved this year that, that if he can stay on the field, which he did, that he can be something in this league. And I'm not a, I'm still not a huge Ingram guy, but I, I, I can't stand not having a wide receiver better than what you have on this team. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a void for me. It's almost as, almost the same way as with quarterbacks, but I, I, I love having Kyle Pitts on a team. But I would rather turn Kyle Pitts into one of those young wide receivers if I don't have one. Uh, I'm keeping most. Uh, I'm keeping most, uh, if not all, of the high risk, high reward guys you have on this team just to see which ones stick. I may send some offers to gauge interest, but for the most part, I'm, I'm probably just going to stick with the Watsons and the Pickens and the Gabe Davises and the Dobbins and the Sanders type players and just see what sticks. So what kind of draft pick would you uh, try to cash out on with uh, Pickens and Watson, like the 107, 108 time uh, frame? Well, Pickens, I would trade him easily for the 107. I'm not as high on Pickens as most people. 
would probably take the 108 and maybe even the 109 for, for Pickens. Christian Watson, I'm also taking the 107 because I feel like one of the top three quarterbacks is going to be my top three quarterbacks. Sorry, one of my top three wide receivers is going to be there. Uh, and I would take any of the top three guys over Watson or Pickens easily. 108 is probably where I was going. there's going to be a question mark for Watson and me. I'm not real sure at this point which I prefer. So I would probably, if I got that offer in my inbox right now, I'd probably reject it. But uh, that's that's kind of where I stand with those guys. Um, you know, other than that, I'm just going to take best player available at 108 and 208 for that matter too. But let's, you know, just at 108, probably a wide receiver. Uh, maybe Michael Mayer, depending on if I pull the Pitts trade off or not. But it's, you know, just just best player available so I can go into the season uh, with, you know, first six weeks, see what happens. If I can't, uh, if I don't make any headway, if I'm not four and two or five and one or three and three and, and leading, you know, being one of the top scorers in the league, maybe, then I might trade my 2024 first and maybe some of my younger younger guys to, to move into more win-now team. But I definitely want to see what happens with this team early in the season before I commit to one strategy or another. So to recap my team, I'm not going to read it all off to you because I did, I did very little with this team. It's basically the original team with uh, Pitts traded in for like a, a Amon Ra, J- Jalen Waddle type guy. Uh, and then, of course, I'll, I'll I'll draft best player available 108. It's basically the same team. Yeah, I had very similar thought processes when it came to this team. You're solid enough at, at quarterback that you don't even really need to worry about it for the next, you know, eight to ten years with Lawrence and Prescott. Uh, with, with running back, you've got uh, Walker, who's in his second year, uh, to headway your, your running back team. And you've got some guys who could gain value in James Cook and J.K. Dobbins, depending on if J.K. Dobbins can stay healthy, which is an anomaly. But where I think the the biggest hole on the team is, like Joe was saying, you don't have a a wide receiver who who I consider to be someone who can headway your wide receiver group. Uh, but but the good news is I don't really think you have anybody on the the top six that you named that will depreciate by the time the season comes around so you you can go into the season like joe said starting the year off and seeing where your team heads or you can trade pits for a wide receiver who won't depreciate like a cd lamb or like an um on ross st brown or Jalen waddle that way you have studs headlining your quarterback, your running back, your wide receiver. And then you've, you've got Evan Ingram who upgraded at quarterback and showed that he can play football and he is a viable fantasy tight end. Uh, and, but the other thing is you, you touched on Steelers and, and Pickens and, and not knowing where Pickens will be headed. You know, they, they did trade, Claypool for what ended up being the 32nd overall pick. And the Steelers are known for taking wide receivers in, in the second round. And there is there is a, a high chance that they take a, a wide receiver there at, sure. at the 32nd overall pick. Sure. Speak, speaking, speaking of Claypool, Pickens reminds me a lot of the hype that Claypool got. And, and I agree with that. Like, that I'm that's just what, ready to get out of all the pickings I can get as quickly as possible before the the, the – like he doesn't run routes well. Like he high points the ball well. His hands are better than 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 Claypool. That's the only thing that I, I yes, but, I, he's sl- but he's also slower than Claypool. Yeah, and 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 I think that's what worries me about Pickens as well is he didn't even have as good of a, a rookie year as Claypool did, and the going he's going on to a team that has less wide receiver depth and with a worse quarterback and and not as good of an offensive line and and it it just it, it worries me that that you have your your hope and pickings on a win later team is going to decline so yeah there, there's like there's like question marks in the in, in the player and there's question marks in the surroundings right so like he has so many 
question marks that are just like screaming, get rid of this guy while everybody is overpaying for the offseason hype. Yeah, and, and so if you can get the 108, the 109, even I, I have the 110 really being where my cutoff point is. If you can I, get those. I mean, we talked about the 108, but I guess we can't really get the 108. Right, because you have it. But it I, I'm not necessarily saying that pick itself, but maybe that's have a value. So similar to Joe, uh, my roster really hasn't isn't going to be changing that much um, to the beginning part of it. There may be one or two moves that I make, like trading pickings and, and trading pits. But, but at the end of the day, I, I'm more of a wait and see and uh, see where the team is three, four, or five weeks into the season before I start making moves. So you wouldn't look to try to move a Sanders or a Gibson or somebody like that, uh, depending? No, because I, I do think that the, the team does have the capabilities of being a win-now team because I, I guess I'm higher on Christian Watson than both of you are. I do have him as a as a mid-wide receiver too. But I, I don't – I'm not – confident in that type of statement so but i wouldn't want to trade someone like sanders and gibson because you could be in week four week five and being being the first place team in the league with the highest scoring points right ryan is making a note right now as we speak to try to trade watson the luigi in the suplex league <laughs> no i was just gonna say uh with with his love for christian watson watson i was gonna wonder if he's played for lsu or not uh, I actually traded Christian Watson to Ryan in the Suplex League, so I, I'm pretty satisfied not getting him back. I actually traded him to him, but he traded him back to me. That is, so. that is correct. <laughs> it's just a full circle here. Yeah, Christian, Christian Watson's been tra- traded around like a... <laughs> we, we, know, know. we know where Ryan was headed with that, but he's yeah. not going to say it on, on, the, on air. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep this PG. <laughs> okay, on that note, uh, that's going to be it for the third episode of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Please leave any comments below. The feedback is very helpful and much appreciated. We hope you join us again next time. For my co-hosts, Luigi Federico and Ryan Nunn, this has been Joe Galloway signing off.